Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the uh, Social Justice, uh, the New American Revolution podcast. This is uh, Mike. I'm here with Jamal. What's good, Mike? How's everything? How's it going, Jamal? Very well. I'm here with, Chris. Well, thank you. I'm hey, here with my man, on? Chris. What's up, How you what's doing, up? brother? Hanging in there. Can't complain. And our boy, Brian. What's up, Brian? Hey, Mike. Good, good. How are you? Hanging in there, bro. Good, man. Okay, man. So today... We um we decided to come together. We're gonna have a well. We wanted to discuss um issues having uh regarding the uh, NYPD. Um, there was a recent article that came up. If we could find that article, give me a second. A recent article came up that provides uh like the unprecedented look uh un- unprecedented look of uh, the NYPD's uh, history of abuse. Uh, specifically around complaints and violent uh, complaints of violence, uh, uh, physical abuse. And uh, there have been some cases of verbal abuse as well as like just just the whole we found we 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 opened the, the, the treasure chest of, of information about this stuff. It's all available. All of the information is out there. Thank goodness we got some really good people working with us. We were able to find out a lot of stuff. And all of this stuff is on databases that are are accessible by the public. So all the information that we're talking from today is all coming from uh, those sources. Thanks to our man, Chris. Um, thank you again, Chris. This information is uh, very well. No problem. But, um, Anytime. <laughs> so I'm reading from the, 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 the NYCLU, which is ACLU of New York, uh, and it's basically talking, I'm reading from this particular article. And it says, new database uh, provides an unprecedented, uh, unprecedented look at the NYPD's history of abuse. During the protests that followed the killing of George Floyd at the hands of police, thousands of protesters flooded the streets of New York City. These protesters were met by a lawless police force. Videos quickly emerged of the NYPD officers driving cars into protesters, shoving demonstrators to the pavement, unmasking a protester, and shooting pepper spray into their eyes. Beating people with batons they tried to walk away from the, as they tried to walk away from the police and trapping demonstrators before spraying them with clouds of pepper spray. I'll stop right there. So I have personal experience with this. Um, when the, I, I live out in Massachusetts uh, and we were in downtown Boston when it was like fresh, what just recently happened to George Floyd and when it first hit the news. And then that weekend, uh, you know, we we just discovered everything about Breonna Taylor, and I believe Breonna Taylor happened before George Floyd. I could be wrong, but don't quote me on that. Point is, we were there was a lot of people out in full force against police brutality in front of the state house, but it was getting late, and the the protest was winding down. A lot of cars started rushing us and stuff like that. But what in, but what ended up happening was these exact tactics. Police started driving through the crowds with their cars. They would clear out perimeters with these dudes that were armored, like with rods that were the size of broomsticks, iron rods, um, full riot gear. Um, and uh, they were pushing up against protesters and, and like really like looking like they were trying to pick a fight or whatever have you, just instigate a moment. At the same time, there were cars blocking off certain parts of the street so we couldn't get away or we couldn't run certain ways. It's like they're corralling us through different streets so they can kind of like disperse us in their own way. But it was really like they started dropping tear gas on us. Like it wasn't really, it was, it was, uh, it was, a, it was the scariest moment. And that happened twice. 
uh, second time, you know, the National Guard was there with with uh, with attack dogs. And when they uh, found out that people were using scanners to um to listen to for their movements and stuff, they started uh, texting each other and getting off the lines. So they so we couldn't hear them. Like, and it was getting really scary at that particular moment. So I just say that to say, um, I don't know how many videos we've seen of this kind of stuff happening at these protests, but they're happening. And it's visual, visual evidence of police abusing their authority. And none of those dudes are getting in trouble for it. You know, I think that's the the part that has a lot of people nervous and it has been for years. It's the fact that no one's getting in trouble for, you know, blatant acts of disrespect or or violence or aggression from, you know, the peacekeepers. And it's good that this information is coming out, but it's it's we're at a point where it's like we've seen so much of it like this information it means a lot, but it means nothing because we know what's happening. We need, you know, we need the information to show like this is really happening. But everyone knows this is happening. You know, lawmakers know, everyone knows this is like a problem and no one's trying, let me not see no one, not enough people are trying to step up and make a change. And I think that's a huge problem. And, you know, even with the protesters, a lot of people were seriously injured from, you know, the peacekeepers. A lot of people who are peacefully protesting and there are videos of people who are just standing there and police attacking people, pushing them, driving through crowds with cars and all this. So it's it's um, it's definitely unnerving, to say the least. Chris, can I ask you, because you were the guy, you were the data guy, you were the guy that was getting all the facts for us. What was the like, what was one of the most significant things? Like with significant pieces of information that you came across that you were like, yo, what the? Um, I think <clears throat> twenty five complaints against them, and and well, this is through the years. Have had twenty five more than twenty five complaints against them of, of of physical force. Yet they they still had had jobs. Um, shit. If I go to work and get one complaint against physical force, I'm up. I'm up out of there. And they got twenty five. Like uh or more and then and they continued to work and they had careers and, and everything just gets swept under the rug so i think that's probably the most jarring thing that i that i saw that I would be afraid of and like some of the stuff i saw was like kind of outrageous too we could even like i said we don't have to go as hardcore as uh the um physical violence and the physical assaults I was kind of concerned when I started seeing like the verbal threats and stuff like that, or Jews refusing to give their badge, uh, badge or names up to the to people that were requesting them. Like that was that was a pretty high number, yo. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is crazy. Um, we all we've all experienced uh, cops. They don't necessarily, you know, give you when you ask with your ID, with your badge number, et cetera, et cetera. They just cover it up. Or I say, don't worry about it. Give a false name or whatever. But um, yeah, they, they, there was like a, an increase. It was a over the years um, from pre two thousand and ten to post two thousand and ten. There was a actually an increase of cops doing it, but by by two percent, which I mean doesn't typically sound like a large number. But when you take two percent of of however many police are in the police force, which I believe is upward, or that were had complaints against them, that actually 
were documented were upwards of uh, 80,000 80, cops. So take a 2% of that. So that number is a significant number of cops are just out there hiding their badge numbers and nothing's happening to them. They're, they're, that's essentially breaking the law. So, I mean, if, if there's like, it seems like there's just, there's no rules for them at this point, at least in the NYPD from, from the data. And this only gets more troubling, as, as most folks know, as the NYPD just recently had um, openly endorsed Trump uh, for, uh, for president and uh, something along the lines of him aligning with their views and trying to, you know, keep America great and strong and something along those lines. I don't, I don't want to misquote, but like, yeah, they, they were endorsing Donald Trump for president, um, which is a tad bit trifling. And, 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 and very concerning. And as a person of color or a person of any marginalized community who's looking for police protection, I'd be very worried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, one guy in, in particular. <laughs> um, uh, this is my man, uh, John McHugh. <laughs> John McHugh, uh, he was on the police force and he had over 25 complaints and um i did my little research on john McHugh since it is public knowledge and he's he was he's an employee of of, of the state of new york uh and he follows the narrative blue lives matter and all etc pro, pro trump he also follows the narrative that most of the left have against uh those, those types of people and he has he has allegations of of strip searching people um word abuse, physical force, uh, stop and frisk. Uh, he drew, drew his gun on people, had complaints against them doing that, refusal to provide name, threats of force, push of uh, illegal searches. <laughs> and all these are against him, yet he still had a job throughout the years. And, so in total, how many complaints was this? Uh, I would have to go back and do that. I have the breakouts of how many per because it was multiple, so he had like multiple uh, verbal abuse complaints. He had like like three uh, strip search complaints. Um, God, son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I would have to do go back and add them up, but uh, it, it's it's definitely pushing twenty something complaints, and they're not just minor complaints. Now my question is, and I don't, I don't, you know, this is me trying my best not to paint with a broad paintbrush um, from a mathematic uh, point of view uh, how much do you think this particular issue of police misconduct is trending not just in the NYPD but with, through, like throughout police forces throughout the whole country um the so there's like a I would have to do a statistical there's a statistical um uh like there's a portion of the, the you, it's only like two percent of the pot like you only need a sample of about two percent of the population to to kind of get a grasp of what's going on and if it follows those trends it's like a very small number but I have to do that mm -hmm. calculation but for New York to be such a big city and, and, and essentially uh, a diverse city and, and all of this is happening and, and uh, I would I would say it's mo most of the U like not most of it but a large portion of the U.S. is this this type of stuff is happening. 
like confidently, yeah. mathematically. Yeah, I feel I I didn't want to say that just because like you know I don't have no, I like you know just somebody who hasn't really spent time with the numbers like that until recently, um, you know I don't even want to jump on that horn and kind of say that, but I I mean we're seeing complaints like this that are completely aligned with what in in New York. Um, so real quick, Brian, you still with us? I am. I was I was listening. I, I love it, but you know, um, you know, in these instances, man, you know, this is why I'm I'm, I'm really happy that you know you, you won because like this is we all we all took we all got to experience this information together. We all came to this information at the same time, so we're all learning it together and kind of just being with it. But like we we had, we we talked before on the podcast about like you know just like our responsibility as as like you know objective listeners to make sure that we're checking our sources and stuff like that. I'm hoping you see like with this particular moment, especially now, like, you know, how important that might be. You know what I'm saying? Like how, like how we came to this information, how valid it is. And it's literally backing up a lot of narratives that are speaking towards the idea that police, like police are going, uh, getting away with brutalization of, uh, of American citizens and going unchecked or punished. And that it's, it's problematic enough to where like, you know, people have to protest or feel they have to protest. And in turn, some of these protesters are getting tear gas for they toil. But do you see what I'm saying in that, in that realm as far as, like, you know, how important it is to kind of, like, you know, do your research behind news articles and not just oh, check yeah. one news source? Yeah. No, of course. And I, um, I know this podcast, I mean, I, this is one that I definitely, um, I don't really know everything as you guys did the research so it was interesting like you know i was going through the messages and reading through everything and i wanted to more so listen i mean obviously talk and put input in and understand but I, I really wanted to listen to this one um live just to hear some of the different things that you guys found out because I, I think it's interesting when you actually sit there and do take the time to do the research and look through everything it's crazy what things you can come up with because you know like we said in the last podcast a lot of people don't uh do the research a lot of the time and just go off with what they see on um social media news media things of that and i'm guilty as you know one of those people for doing that so you know me too man time, me too. Like Chris did. yeah i mean it's unfortunate it's just a lot, a lot of people you know not everyone has time to sit there and go over every little piece of news article they see on any type of subject, whether it's, you know, police brutality to um, racism to uh, movies, music, obviously they're all different spectrums, but so many people share fake things of events and stories that happen. I, I do understand now the importance of actually fact checking that information and verifying that it's correct. You know, just like Chris took the time to find out these statistics and everything, I, I think that is a an important thing that more people need to do, for sure. So as we're getting closer towards um, our election and stuff like that, um, just making sure that people are just being mindful, uh, like, you know, a lot of change starts uh, with voting. Uh, people don't have to agree. I'm just saying that from my perspective, or at least from my opinion, my opinion only, uh, you know, I do encourage people to be mindful to, to exercise their civic rights. Um, 
and just go out there and make sure that you're um you're voting for the type of change that you want to see in your city as well as your country. Um, on on that note, Jamal. Uh, real quick, man, I got a question. What do you think? Well, like, is it? I guess my argument is, is it abolish the police? Is it defund the police, or is it? Uh, uh, change the policies and procedures of police. You know, it's a little bit of everything, right? Like we need, we do need um, to have specialists in the police force, just like in every other profession, right? Like if you go to the doctor, you're not going to a foot doctor for your head. So, you know, we, they need specialists. Like we need people who can deal with people who are having a mental breakdown, people who are, who have, you know, mental uh, deficiencies or they have needs that, you know, a regular officer isn't equipped to help. So we do need that. And then we do need policies. We need better policies in place. And that, that, that's not even just for police force, it's for everything. You know, a lot of the laws, a lot of the procedures that we do are from years and years ago, early 1900s, 1800s, or whatever the case is. And a lot of things just need to be upgraded for the time. So I think it's a little bit of everything, to be honest, to answer the question. I wouldn't Chris, say being exempt from that. Chris, same question, brother. What do you think, man? Uh, I mean, I, I, I agree with Jamal. Um, I also, I, I think, I still think there's, there should be a, a police in the police, um, group. So it's secret shoppers, essentially, just drive around, do stupid things like no heinous crimes, but like break the law and get an interaction with cops and then raid them. And then at the end of the year or every six months, the cop, if he has enough bad ratings from the policing department, he gets something happens he either gets fired or whatever you know he has to maintain a certain level he's like six months to correct or whatever and then go by that um i think that would, that will stop a lot because then you don't know who you're stopping you don't know you know so they have to hold uphold like the same policies and everything throughout the whole every interaction so kind of my take on it what about you brian what are you feeling man uh well, abolish the fund or uh retrain re and uh Restructure. Uh, I mean, I agree with uh, what Jamal said as well. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it has to be a little bit of everything because doing one and to the full extent and another end or only doing separate and not doing everything, I, I don't think is going to solve much. I think on each end. And I think Jamal made a really good point about, you know, specialists, just like, you know, most department stores, I know this is crazy to compare it, but it's, it's just the truth. You know, you have an electronic specialist or a TV specialist, computer specialist, phone specialist. If you go to Lowe's or Home Depot, there's certain specialists in each department that know, you know, about plumbing or, um, you know, how to do certain things that you're building or maybe creating and what type of things would work best. So, um, I think that is a big thing, especially like, you know, in a hostage situation, you call someone specifically to handle that hostage situation um, and to talk someone down. So I do think there needs to be specialists. Um, I think it has a lot to do with personality too. Um, just if you think about it, you know, if you have someone with a hard ass personality and they're going into 
a situation with someone who is mentally unstable or has some kind of underlying medical or health condition that they're unaware of, you know, that person, if their personality isn't in fit with that, they need to go through the proper training. I know it doesn't necessarily change their personality, but they need to go through the proper training to be able to react the way they should in those certain situations and do their job in that part of being that type of situation, whatever it is, whether it's domestic dispute, mental illness, whatever the case may be. Um, and I also think cameras, I think every police officer should have a body camera and I do not think that they should be allowed to turn it off. Um, I think if it is turned off, I think, I mean, unless it was a, some kind of malfunction that fell off or something, that's one thing. But if they, if they literally turn it off before they get a call, I think they either be written up, put off without pay, fired, whatever they think the right line is with that scenario. But I think their interactions with um, citizens, civilians should be monitored. I think these interactions that are on their body cam need to be looked at. And like Chris said, in the sense, in that way, monitor it and then rate them and see what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, see how many complaints they have, and everything just needs to be reviewed, in, in my opinion. I, mean, I would take the camera and put it a step further, right, with the body cam footage, because you can always say it fell off, it malfunctioned, or you can set it up to do whatever bullshit. I would say right. if your body cam footage doesn't capture the incident, then you're in trouble, period, end of story. I guarantee you that all their body cam footage would work. That's that's a very yeah. You're right. I mean, to not to disagree with either of your points, but in, in my experience, I've seen body cam evidence be submitted with evidence that the cop was at fault, and still cops were acquitted. So I'm not confident in that at all, personally. But like, well, that's, that's part of me. policy. I think they would have to change that. Well, yeah, that goes with the, the whole policy thing that we're talking about. Like, the policies need to change, right? And there, there are many instances where body cam footage, for some reason, doesn't exist. I've seen videos upon videos upon videos on Facebook where one person's body cam footage just didn't work, or the main person who was um, doing who the main officer who had the incident, their body cam fell off or it turned off magically or a malfunction, whatever you know, excuse that they want to use for today. Um, and like I agree with what you said, Mike, you know, it there's blatant evidence of these things and these cops aren't getting in trouble. But at the same time, if we implement new policies, you know, that would be one of the ways that I feel they would try to get out of you know the incidences. And I agree with Brian, it. it once the policies are changed, that has to stay on at all times. But something else I was going to say that I thought was, uh, I don't know how much manpower it would take, but we all, uh, for the most part, you have a census um, for the most part. So if let's say, um, and it wouldn't work for every case, and I'm aware, but you know, if a cop is called to a specific residence, um, you know, the dispatch or whoever is sending them would be like um, Oracle or like just, you know, a person behind a computer, like, you know, this person lives there, this person lives there, this person lives there, this person has special needs. So we might need this person or we might need this tactic or whatever. Yeah. Um, I know that's saying a lot, um, but 
you know, I feel every little bit helps. And if you're going to like a residence with someone who has special needs, for example, things need to be put in place to make sure that the person with special needs isn't killed because people aren't equipped to handle them. Or they're not shot because you're not equipped to to handle them. You know what I'm saying? Like things just, we need to put things in place to do that. And, and that actually hits me uh, pretty close when it comes to that. Cause I have a nephew with autism and I know for a fact, if there was any kind of issue and the cops had to come there, um, I mean, like he, he can't handle situations like that. I mean, granted he's only six years old, but if something was to happen, he like, he can't really communicate. He, he has tantrums, he freaks out and things of that nature. So, um, you know, you need to have the right people to deal with that. I mean, I've been doing a lot of research myself as, you know, it's he's my second nephew. So I'm trying to understand how to even deal with it myself, let alone, you know, someone who is a professional that goes to these situations, if they know ahead of time or they approach that and someone tells them that this is the, the I guess, the, the mental capacity of this person or someone that is in that family or friends or there that's having an issue, you know, you can't just throw anybody in there. Like there has to be some type of person that has to know what they're doing. And if they don't feel like they can handle it, they should be calling someone else to come and assist or take it over. Like they should not be going in that situation if they can't handle that situation or don't know what to do. It's just, it's and you know, I was right about to say that as well. Like, you, you're having a hard time trying to figure out, you're trying that you're having a hard time after doing the research and the work, trying to figure out how best to work with this situation. So people who may not have gotten the right trainings, how in the hell are they supposed to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's too many questions. There's too many unanswered questions that really need to be answered that people need to sit down and do. And it should be like starting from the ground up where, you know, this is what we need. This is how we implement it. Here are the rules that need to be set in place. Like we, it just needs to be broken down to its most simple form and rebuilt. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So I guess my question next would be, you know, which, which is the, the monster that we are discussing, I guess, in this moment is, 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 is more than just like misconduct. It's, it's really police uh, immunity or, or qualified immunity. Uh, and I just feel like we need to really address what that means, because I think I think it was I think it was you, Chris, who came and said, like, you know, if I get. Yeah, it was you who said if I get a certain amount of complaints in my job, if I get one complaint in my job, I'm gone. Like, especially for physical violence, like, and you said that that one dude had like over 25 or over five to 15 or something like that, excuse me, five to 15 different complaints, which is upper past 15. That, you know, says, says a lot to me. Um, but one of the, oh, that's what I would have wanted to ask. One of the questions that I wanted to ask you guys about was uh, specifically, there was a number of complaints that or rather, um, not unfounded, it was the one above unfounded. It was, uh, I guess, like, what was it, Chris? It's not, it was not unfounded, but people who didn't follow up with their with their complaints. Uh, I think the term used is 
for they use unsubstantiated or exonerated um or uh uncooperative uncooperative that's what it was yeah so, so yeah that's a that number in itself is is to just be noted it's 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 concerning because there's a num there's like a um a certain number of cops that are just kind of getting away with or no they just, they are getting away not kind of they are getting away we, you know with like a punch to the stomach uh un, un like you know unwarranted see uh, uh search and seizure kind of situation uh sexual harassment whatever have you and because a person doesn't want any static with the police they don't pursue a complaint that they make or they get the runaround, they get treated badly when they go to make the complaint. Um, whatever stigma that goes along with people who make these complaints, and I'm not going out to try to make any other situations on my own, but my question is like, it's all speculation, but what will you think, what do we all think of some reasons people would end up not wanting to follow up with a complaint, specifically something like a, a physical assault? We'll say. I mean, I I can't think of offhand on why you wouldn't want to follow up. Um, it, it unless you're like discouraged or 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 yeah. I offhand, I I wouldn't. I don't know anything. Um, I'm just thinking about any reasons. The only reason I would say would be possibly I'm too lazy if if to keep going back up there if I if I went up once or twice and and if they don't send me anything in the mail to follow up or something I I I don't know stuff you never know what's what's happening but I don't I don't have anything in mind yeah I was gonna say the same maybe the that or maybe they were threatened by the police officer at a later date I don't I don't know um like I didn't want to jump on that bandwagon, but you know what I'm saying. Like I didn't want to insinuate that, but yeah, Jamal, that's kind of how I'm feeling. Like I feel like you know, if I, this is me, I'm in the street, something happens to me, and I'm in a situation, and I get beat up by the police. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm 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 I want to press charges. I want to break noise. I want to do all types of stuff, right? So. I'm going to do that and anything like that. And like, and, 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 you know, I'm there and cops are giving me dirty looks as they listen to my story. And they're like, well, what did you do? And they're putting pressure on me like that. And they're like, are you sure you want to go this route and whatever? I don't know. I'm just picturing it in my head. And they're telling me anything that they can to kind of like not go outright and just dis discourage me from following through with this, but I want to follow through. And then, you know, next thing you know, I'm walking home and two blocks away from me, there's a squat car that's kind of there. And so I'm walking two blocks up the street and I look back and that cop car is still two, is, is, is now still two blocks away from me. It's not four blocks away. If you catch my drift, um, I'm noticing, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I know y'all know that because if you've been arrested in your town, they know you. Okay? I've been arrested in my hometown and cops 
once that happens, yo, what God help like you know what I'm saying? Like they they got you in their system now. Now they know your name. Now now they can have fun with you. So in those instances, I really feel like it's very likely that not coercion, but like just just that that level of stigma and that level of pressure that they can do without calling it pressure and get away with. Why are you guys following me? Oh, we're just we're just patrolling the neighborhood, sir. Is there a problem, Mr. King? But that's if we get that far. What if what if in the police station when you're trying to put in the information, they're just not taking it or they act like it? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying this is what they do, but there's definitely disconnect in the information. You know, there's there's definite. I, I don't know the correct term. But there's the the data isn't showing something. Something's not adding up. And if there's something I learned about data, is you know, data doesn't really lie <laughs> in front of your face. <laughs> you know, Chris, you spoke to that too, though earlier. You said something about the data, the numbers that we have, isn't necessarily reflective of how 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 bad the problem is, because like we're only doing like from a two percent. Um, or, no, no, that that's a, yeah. a, a statistical significance. So, like, you only need a small portion of a of a population to tell what the trends are like within the population. But what I was speaking on earlier, with with uh, with with that whole, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <Words>. <laughs> uh, excuse me. What was the question? One more time. Um, so no, I, I was I was asking about um how the numbers like how like I was asked I thought that the the two percent that you were talking about reflected how the numbers uh would reflect uh exactly how many people might be uh, not reporting like what we get is a smaller version of what the actual number is because oh, yeah. not just, yeah yeah it, so what I'm saying is like that what, these aren't accounting all of the reports that went unheard uh, people who. Yes. Sent in and it got skipped over and and so these are just reflective of the complaints that made it through so there's probably a larger number uh of complaints that didn't go through that are unheard of i guess someone forgot to type in or or it was on paper paper got destroyed or whatever documents got destroyed in the past you never know like so uh this is just all of the complaints that were filed properly pretty much so Who's deciding what goes through and what's not worthy to? Uh, <laughs> we, we don't know. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we got to go to the police to complain about the police. Yeah, that's true. So my, like, yo, I, I'm, I'm. So it's it, it. I have to ask: Are we allowing the police to literally investigate themselves, or we're saying you guys are going to judge yourselves and say, well? I don't think Dominguez meant it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame. Because, you know, they, they have um, units who investigate allegations or whatever the case is, but it's still all internal. Um, from my knowledge, it's internal. Um, maybe not within that specific precinct, but it's in the force. Uh, so that's not, you know, it's, it's broken. That's like literally having your family put you on trial or, or your family preside over your trial, rather. Like, my mom's not going to put me in jail. 
And, you know, these guys, they're not going to put each other in jail. Unless, I guess, they don't have a choice. Very well put, man. That was that was a nice, there. Yeah. Nice correlation. Um, so, as um, as we do get closer towards, uh, like, I guess, not so much um ahead like i i don't know like a culmination of what's uh of, of all of this type of injustice because you know the protests aren't stopping i'm mm-hmm. telling you firsthand they're not stopping people are still going to come out and they're still going to protest this kind of stuff as it happens and it's been happening a lot like i know this year alone 2020 had we've seen the uh, a, a spike in in um uh police uh murdering not well excuse me police killing people well i can't say murdering civilians it sounds worse but we have seen a lot of that right um my my concern is um at what point is uh things like i felt threatened or at what point is things like um uh like uh i have the authority because X, Y, and Z. At what point are these things not going to no longer going to be tolerable, and uh, people start or stop calling the police, start looking towards like alternate means, like that, like that you expressed uh, earlier, uh, having specialists, like creating specialists themselves within the community and moving on, moving away from uh, the police force. I think that's the move. Honestly, I think, like I said, the system we have in place is broken now. Um, So I think the police force should be outsourced. Um, Like we outsource so much. And I think that's one of the things that, um, well, cities outsource so much. Um, And I think that's one of the things that might need to be outsourced as well. and not even just that, like multiple, <laughs> you know, multiple um, in, um, institutions, rather, multiple institutions just need to be outsourced or changed. And this is just one of those. At this point, it's just like, you know, I feel like growing up, it's like, well, you know, there's one thing that doesn't work, right? It's just one thing. You know, everything else seems to work. Now it's like, can we find something that's actually working right? Like, we can sit down and talk about it, but as far as what the city's doing, is there anything that they're doing right? And I think that's the question that needs to be asked um, and figured out. And that's what needs to be changed. So... In the interim, like in the meantime, uh-huh. what's something immediate that you feel that the police can do right now to assure the public that, you know what I'm saying, they are on their side and that they're here to preserve and protect them? And, um, uh, you know, show, like, not just, like, like, their local community, but the entire country, 
that um, they are present for some form of accountability. Arrest the killers of Brianna Taylor. <laughs> like they just have to step up and start showing that they're for the people. Start taking all of these complaints seriously. Show people that they're taking these complaints seriously. Like, you know, this person did this. And if if he's not going to be reprimanded, explain why, right? Like, you know, from the video that's, that we're looking at, you know, according to 12 people or whoever many people, it genuinely looks like this cop was in danger of his life, right? And it's like people are looking at it like, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. But then a cop going over and pushing someone down and a complaint is fought against him, something needs to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to see something happening. They need to start explaining and they need to stop standing behind the cops so much to the point where the citizens are fearful to call them. That's what I believe. Just start showing that you care. Start showing that, you know, the people you're supposed, supposed to protect matter. I want to go and look it up because I don't want to misquote the information. But, bro, I read this thing out about um, a civilian review board that had actual citizens of the community on a review board that would go through each and every incident, incident, instance, uh, instance where a cop would have to discharge his weapon. Or her weapon, his or her weapon. Um, it's a start. It's a start. But it wasn't, you know what I'm saying, like a small closed door with a couple of superiors, officers and, mm -hmm. and whatever. Okay. Did we, uh, did we uh, get his uh, blood type and his uh, age? Okay. Then uh, we're done here. <laughs> yeah. But... I think they... Even go far enough to say that it shouldn't even be like the community that you preside over. Cause we don't know who knows who. So it should maybe even be a different community altogether. I'm sorry, Chris, you were about to say something. Oh, no, nah, I just think they should familiarize themselves with the neighborhood. I think, like, a lot of these things are just out of fear. So uh, if you're going to be working in a neighborhood and you're not from the neighborhood, I think, you, number one, when you familiarize yourself with them as a cop, you, you're less inclined to, like, I guess, have anger towards towards the citizens there because um, you know them. You know, if there's someone you, you watch grow up or something, you're not going to say, hey, John, get the fuck home like you know you're not supposed to be out at this time whatever like because you know versus uh you know you're just coming to that neighborhood just to work and you don't really have a connection with the people then you're going to be more inclined to like to have an attitude or to, for issues to arise so i think uh that's like the a big thing i think they can do now currently um actually live in the neighborhoods and or or really familiar familiarize yourself with the people in there and, and make a genuine connection. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that point, Chris, 100%. You know, you've seen um, videos and testimonies and, you know, where cops know the people in the community. So the issues that these cops have are a lot less than other cops who are just showing up to a community that they don't know or that, that are willing, that aren't willing to do things in the community. Um, and I think that's really important. Like, for example, in my community, um, I said in a previous podcast that I don't really know who the cops are 
Um, and it, it, at the time, it was accurate. But I've uh, since then have learned that whenever we have any events in the community, we have the same police officers there. So you can literally walk up to them and talk to them. And they're actually really good guys and girls, um, men and women, rather. Um, and, you know, we all, I think we all agree that there's no such thing as a good police officer. There's a good person and there's a good person wearing a badge. But there's no such thing as a good police officer. But these um, men and women as people are genuinely good people. Um, and it does kind of show through the badge. Uh, it showed their personality kind of shows through that. I guess maybe because it's a smaller community. But, um, you know, it's there. The community aspect is there. Uh, so if you were to get pulled over in my town, for the most part, if you live in the town, they kind of know who you are, which is pretty awesome. Hmm. So, Chris, I wanted to ask you, man, um, what is one question you would ask people that are listening right now to, to, to think about, um, like, concerning, when it concerns the police brutality, when concerning the numbers, specifically around the numbers? What is one thing that you would want them to, like, take? Take away from this. Um, depends on which which demographic. Um, because I, I could be speaking to several different people, in a sense of for the people who 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 know about. Oh, excuse me. There's like stuff going on and falling and stuff in me. But uh, there's people who know what's going on and what what's happening. And uh, I would I would ask or I would ask the question or encourage them to look into um. To actually following up with your complaints like do you really know what your complaints are doing uh do you know where they're going do you know who they're getting to um and if not you should continuously follow up because that's a one way that we could better the situation by making sure that we're we're, we're we're following the complaints properly and then making sure they're getting through to the right people who need they get who they need to get to and then on the other side for other demographic who doesn't believe these complaints are happening and these officers still have their jobs like people are, are going about it the right way yet nothing's happening so like just look into that um to kind of check your beliefs or your your bubble or whatever you want to call it that, that you believe just because it's not affecting you and you don't see it, it it must not be happening so those are the two two ways i would spin it um jamal real fast same question man um so my my answer is uh, kind of similar to the point where it's different people that you're talking to. Um, and mine is for the people who are following or the people who are agreeing with what the police are doing, no matter what they do. Um, and I kind of spoke about this on a previous podcast about the president. But um, to... Everyone is human. No, there's not one person on earth that's perfect. There's not one person on earth that does 100% at their job all the time. Everybody in their careers has room for improvement. Everybody in their careers has room to grow. So to, to sit behind a police officer who's clearly doing wrong and to 100% support the officer in, in saying that he's done nothing wrong you know, that the, the person should have done things the right way, shouldn't have been breaking the law, blah, blah, whatever, you know, excuse they want to give for today. Like, why? 
why why so much bias uh, or lack of bias? I don't know the right word, but why so much of that towards the police force? Why do you support them so unwaveringly where everything can be better? And from what I've seen through things that I've looked up and research and videos and all this, some of the people who are following hands down did their right no matter what are the same people that are going to complain about service being wrong uh my phone's not working the waiter didn't come fast enough right it's like they, they have this extreme sense of entitlement um and it's hard to to understand how you have so much entitlement for every single thing else but not for the the thing that's actually meant to keep people safe and protected um, and my last part would be to citizens, like, what do you want to see? What changes do you want to be made? How can you, as a person, you as John, Jim, Jack, Jillian, Maggie, Marge, whoever you are, how can you make a difference in the community that you live in? You know, how can you start to be the change that the world can see so that we can maybe even change the police force or get rid of them or figure something else out? Appreciate it, bro. Ryan, you still there, bro? Yeah, I'm back, man. What's up, buddy? What is one thing? Your question. Um, Oh, wait, go ahead. We're going to say... You know, getting rid of the police and outsourcing and stuff like that. I think there just needs to be change across the board. And it's, you know, my main thing is everyone needs to vote. And, you know, we need to make sure that the small cities and all the counties and areas that are not working the way that it should be working for everyone as a whole, not just some of the population, everyone as a whole, they need to be voted out and it needs to be changed. And I think it's going to start with that because when you have the same people in office and Congress and Senate and general elections, I know it switches off, but when it's the same party the whole time, it, it, there's no room for a change or improvement when you have the same people and the same ideals. There has to be a change of people's viewpoints no matter what generation or age gap they're at. And I think that is going to be a huge thing. I think this is one of the biggest elections in our history. Um, I think it's going to be very important. And I, I think just everyone as a whole needs to have a little bit more respect for each other. I think cops need to have more respect for people um, in, in general across the board, no matter if they're committing a crime or not. I mean, obviously, if they're swinging at them or trying to steal their gun, you know, you're not going to show them the respect in that instance, but there still needs to be a level of respect on both sides. And, and this is across the board. I mean, I went to, you know, um, drive through restaurant earlier today and the lady was just so rude. I pulled up, she just said something to me and was just like, hi, what can I get you? And I told her I can get it. And she's like, 
we don't have that. Pick something else. And I was like, all right, um, can I get this instead? And she was like, sure. Is there anything else? And I was like, no. I was like, that's it. She's like, pull around whenever you have time. And then I got to the window. I gave her my card. I said, hi, how you doing tonight? Didn't respond to me. Took my card. I said, thanks. Have a good night. Didn't respond. So it's like just general society, I think, needs to be nicer to people as a whole. And that comes with, you know, community regular people or anyone in any profession. Um, and as far as the earlier question, you guys were talking about funding the police. Um, I, th I think that was the question earlier, or someone had said it. I, I think all the people that want to just defund the police in total, I just think that's a bad move right now. I don't think we can do that at this, at this point in time. We need to figure out another solution to work in the interim. And like you said, they maybe open up to the community. Um, my issue is is that with how hateful some of the community is to some of the officers, the ones that are necessarily good people um, that aren't doing the terrible things that other officers are doing, um, some people have so much hate towards them right now. I don't know how they can bring the community together. Like I don't know how they can go out and meet people when you know, I mean, you both know this, that I have people that are police officers right now, and I have a friend actually going to the academy, and she, um, she spent six months in time, and she decided to go after all this happened and said, like, she wants to make a change. Like, she wants to be a part of the change and be a positive change and show that, you know, she can be a good officer and can do what she needs to do um, and help people. And I think that's important and we need more people doing that in that profession. But I just don't know how they are gonna be able to make things better. I mean, there's a couple of stories I've heard from people that I know, police officers, they, they constantly yell at pig, they constantly get yelled at, blue lives don't matter, black lives matter, you know, which don't, in my opinion, they shouldn't be mixing the two. They shouldn't be saying blue lives don't matter, black lives matter, like black lives do matter but you don't have to add in the blue lives don't matter. Um, we already know that they matter though. They're not the ones that are having the issue right now. Uh, I mean, yeah, there are cops that are killed, but you know, black people or people of color and minorities are getting mistreated. And I think we all know that. So um, I just think it's tough, um, but I, I don't know how to fix it right now when there's so much hate in people's hearts because of our current president and because of the police force and the killings that have happened, I just, I don't know the answer. I think it's going to be a really difficult next uh, decade. So I think uh, we, we need to have, from what Brian's saying, we need to have two podcasts, right? We need to have one podcast about defunding the police and one about uh, Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter. Because if, if you look at everything at the core of what they are, I, I think people would understand a little bit more what they mean, right? For example, um, like defund the police, right? That doesn't mean take money away from the police officers. It just means reallocate funds. You know, like you can have an officer who likes being an officer but wants to help people in another way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he'd get training to, to be some type of counselor with a badge and a gun. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just reallocating funds to help people um, in more ways. And like I said, the whole specialist idea. 
or because you know you can't if you if you if you're trying if you're building a house you don't have one tool to build the entire house and right now that's our police force it's one tool um and i think defunding the police is more about putting more tools in there rather than keep buying the same phillips head screwdriver you know i think that's that's what it's about I, I just think people look at it negatively when it's said that way because I totally agree with you. I don't. It doesn't mean exactly the way it sounds, but like people are always putting like defund Planned Parenthood and defund police. Like those are two big staples right now in this upcoming election of you know different people being pro-choice and not and all of that. And each side has their own opinion, and I you know that's another discussion that I think is a big one right now. But I, I think people just, I mean, you're right. If we had a podcast talking about that, you know, I understand it now more. But when I first heard it, I'm just like, this is asinine to sit here and just say, because of the things happening, we're going to defund all the police departments and not give them food. And I think the way it's said and the way some people use it, one, I think some people use it incorrectly. And two, it just sounds bad because you compare it to other things that that word is used for. Um, but you're right. It needs to be reallocated to the proper channels to make them more successful in training and knowledge of specialists. That. So I think you're right on point with that idea. And I think that's yeah. uh, something that needs to actually happen. Whether it's right. And I, I, I agree with your point, Brian, that people just hear the term and then they lash out and people hear it and they say it, but they don't know what it means. Right. Um, you know, you have people who there's, I feel like there's multiple groups in this, right? There are people who who created it, so they they know what it means because they created it. They're the people who they explained it to, and the people who those people explained it to, right? And you have the people who don't know what it is. Period. They don't they don't know. They haven't been introduced to it. Then in the middle, you have people who heard it and didn't believe it enough to know what it means. So on both sides. You know, they're like, oh, defunding the police? That's a horrible idea. Blah, blah, blah. Without actually um, taking the time to realize what it means. And then on the other side, people, yeah, let's take all the money away from the police when that's not what it means. And I, that's one of the problems here. People aren't doing their research. People aren't, you know, going ahead to see exactly what these things mean. Like the first time I heard it, I, the first time I heard the term, the first thing I thought was, I don't know if that's a good idea. Before I had a chance to do research, like the first time I heard the term, and this was yeah, I, all that, like already yeah. pissed off. You know, I didn't publicize my ignorance, but I, I read it. And I'm just like, I don't know if that's like a good idea. Like, shouldn't you know? Is I'm sure we can do something first, but then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, you know what? This actually makes a lot of sense. It really does if you do the take the time and do the research. I think. You know, you'll be happy um, with that. So, I totally hear that, and I totally understand that piece. Um, I guess um, for me, I would say, like, you know, I feel like it's for me. I recognize the police as being a job and a profession, and not something that, like, you know, what I'm saying is a culture or. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a, a physical uh, attribute that people can notice. It's 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 literally um, a job. 
And so when people say blue labs, uh, blue labs don't matter, stuff like that, I, I don't believe that they mean it the way, I don't think that people are, are, uh, are, 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 yeah, I don't think they mean it the way that people are interpreting it. It's like, you, you literally, like, you know what I'm saying? I can't stop being black, but you, you're only a cop from like 10 a.m. to 10, to 10 p.m. By choice. By choice. But that's just kind of where I'm at with it. And that, you know, and as far as like, you know, to answer my own question, just about, uh, you know, uh, just one thing I would like to leave people with, um, I, I kind of want to, you know, I agree with uh, the points that you, uh, that you made. Uh, yeah, I believe, I agree with the points that you made earlier, uh, Jamal. In regards to um, just like defunding being re reallocation of funds and to kind of like push towards that because that money that's going to the SWAT team that's like, you know, heavily armed to occupy a small like military base could literally go to like de escalation squads. Literally, um, like uh, a group of like, like I, we were talking about before, uh, social workers that are trained in de-escalation techniques for folks that are having mental issues in public and need to be de-escalated, need to be calmed down, as opposed to um, having more punitive actions taken against them as they, um, you know, have the challenging moment in public. You know what I'm saying? A kid who's who has a like like uh, Brian to Brian's point because like you know it's personal for him. Kids who have mental disabilities shouldn't be at risk of death because they're having a moment that they can't control or they're not responsible for. And um, I you know police have hard time dealing with folks that aren't on like you know dealing with some sort of mental deficiency or some or some sort of. Um, you know, uh, developmental disability. So I can't. How can how can we trust them to act, to, to 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 treat, you know, the you know saying the disabled uh, population with uh, that level of um, sensitivity, because they're not doing it now. And I you know we I, there's there's cases where that's been happening specifically out here in Massachusetts. Uh, one of the people that I've been kind of like seeing a lot at the protests and has been getting a microphone to speak on these issues is a woman by the name of Hope Coleman. Hope Coleman is, uh, uh, was, a, was the mother of, a, who, of, a, of Terrence Coleman, who lost his life uh, in 2016 uh, through police violence. Uh, she had called because he was having an issue uh so when folks so he had, he was uh, he was on the spectrum he had uh, a series of uh of mental health uh, issues that um were ongoing so he needed uh you know specialized care and medication and he was having a moment where he was uh, very escalated and the mother called the ambulance or called 911 to get help uh to de-escalate him or or to get him hospitalized uh Anybody who knows people who uh, who deal with mental health issues know that they uh, can be hospitalized for situations like 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 uh, high levels of anxiety that cause challenging behaviors to occur. So, um, 
this was no different in that in that regard. So Namun was called, and she specifically requested for an ambulance to show up and pick up uh, her her son, Terrence, because uh, she trusted that the ambulance was uh, doing, excuse me, her thing uh, was going to do their thing, pick up their pick up her son, take him to the hospital to get mentally evaluated, and uh, while at the hospital, they have people there that can help de-escalate him. Uh, but that never occurred because the first people to show uh, to to arrive on the scene well, was the uh, was the police. So the police are there, and uh, they uh, tell the tell the tell her Hope Coleman who who's 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 at the door. She says, "I didn't send for you guys. I sent for the ambulance. Where are they?" Well, we, we want to get it. The cop says we want to get a shot. We want to try it. And she's like, um, no, my son doesn't like police. I, I, I want, like, um, I'm, I'm waiting for the ambulance. And then the cop was saying, we have to protect the, the EMT workers from your son just in case something's wrong. So we want to talk to him. So she let them in. And they called for the boy to come with them. Uh, they, he didn't come. Um, and then after a few minutes of a back and forth, there's a bit of a struggle for no reason a struggle that the cops initiated and then they um ended up shooting him two shots and then uh yeah he didn't even scream she says she says that he didn't even uh yell or anything he just was gone his niece saw him said his eyes are in the back of his head um the police report said that uh he died on the way to the hospital which was not the truth. He was dead in their hallway. Uh, so it's uh, situations like that that make me motivated to kind of remind y'all that it's bigger than just, um, for me, it's bigger than defunding, but I'll settle for defunding because I know that that's a step in the right direction. I don't believe that defunding the police is a, is, is a, long, is a large enough measure I believe that we need to to take it a bit further. That's why I constantly I've, I've I've made comments about abolishing police, but I know that you know that scares folks because like it initially says that we don't need a security force that's actually protecting us from people that are using violence to, to get their way. And I don't believe that. I do believe that folks do need that. And I do believe that essentially, if police follow that particular creed they could be useful in a community like, like, you know, ours, but I haven't seen that yet. And uh, I'm waiting to, but, you know, I want to be, I want to be fair and I want to be open-minded. So I don't want to um, make too many, you know, like, like, you know, uh, one-sided comments. I want to be open-minded to the point that you guys are and believe in the change that, you know what I'm saying? That could happen in a way where, um, you know, defunding can happen and we can see money get allocated to specific groups that are able to cater to specific needs of the community as opposed to sending a, a, a one police officer that has a police officer's mind and approach to things and a limited training on a variety of different engagements for people. It just doesn't, it's, it's no longer possible to do that in civilized society in 2020. And I hope that we can find a way to move on from that immediately. So to add to your point really quick, um, I, I believe that what you're saying isn't uh, inaccurate. 
I, I believe that we do need to do something drastic. Um, and I think we can agree that there, there has to be some type of unit tasked with protecting the citizens. You know, even if you got rid of the world, that doesn't get, I'm sorry, even if you get rid of police, that doesn't get rid of crime, that doesn't get rid of hate, that doesn't get rid of a lot of things. It actually just opens it up to more, more of it. Um, so something does need to happen where we, we, there's a change and abolishing the police, uh, abolishing the specific police force we have to rebuild another one. Um, I don't see that as a bad idea. I mean, the many ways you can do that, you can build one while you're transferring the one that we have into something new. You know what I'm saying? Like there are many things that we can do right now to get it going. Um, and it's going to take something extreme for it to be feasible and able to be worked. Brian, care to, care to rebuttal the point? Um, no, I don't really, I don't really have anything to rebuttal. Well, to that end, well, uh, you know, uh, I believe uh, we're gonna call it here. I appreciate anybody and everybody that's uh, you know, listening to us right now. Uh, we will be back soon with some content. Um, and we'll be uh, uh, presenting more frequently, as well as uh, we might be moving to a video format soon. So we look forward to uh, to actually showing our faces, uh, our ugly mugs, so y'all can joke <laughs> and get your shots in. But um, it's been very, uh, very good checking in with folks. And I hope that you come back and check us again over here uh, at Social Justice, uh, the New American Revolution podcast. Thank you for listening to Social Justice, the New American Revolution. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the latest episode. And if you want to be heard, email us at the socialjusticepodcast at gmail.com.